people who are different, but we're united in God, we're actually made for community, unity is good. That's my first point. Nice and simple. It's actually really, really good. Um, even as a church, right, we're quite different people um, represented today. Like we have different backgrounds, um, different generations, um, different personalities, and yet we are one in Christ. We have that in common, that we believe in Jesus, that we have the Spirit of God living in us, that we're part of his global church and we're part of the expression of his local church, and we're united and one. Unity doesn't mean we're all the same. We don't have to all think the same and be the same. That's uniformity. It also means we're not to be divided and separate. That's, that's division. We're to be diverse and united, even as God is in himself. Diversity in unity in the Trinity, which is amazing. And I think, yeah, again, like I was saying before, there's something special about us just being away from the building and, and the property and just remembering that we have an awesome property, which is such an amazing blessing. And, and we run lots of programs at our church, which are really important and, and, and wonderful. But primarily what matters and who we are is a people. It's not primarily property or programs. It's people that are the church. And as we're in a different location, we can really celebrate that particularly that actually just being gathered as a people, we are gathered as the church. So I don't know what you would sort of pick if you have really awesome experiences of the community. Maybe this weekend might be one of them. Maybe there's other times. Um, actually, I heard, uh, I think it was Tony and John saying the church hasn't had a camp here before, like at that other campsite, like 25 years ago or something. It's crazy. Maybe that was an awesome experience. You know, I don't know what sort of metaphor you would use to describe an awesome experience in the community. This is the one that David uses. He says, it's, it's so good. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. I don't know if that's what you would have picked <laughs> to describe this weekend. Like pouring oil on the beard. That's what community is like. Yeah. So actually, I need a volunteer. <laughs> And then you have a beard. Maybe in a couple of months you can come back. We don't have any bearded guys. Any bearded guys willing to have some oil put on their head? This isn't a beard, so. You've got a beard. Sam? This is just my comic The verse says precious oil, which means costly oil. And this actually is costly oil, it's $20 a bottle. So that's, <laughs> that's quite costly. Uh, so don't use it all. <laughs> <laughs> Next week's sermon, generosity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it all smells nice. So if you're happy for it, Rob, then you pour some on your head. Is that okay? To run down your beard? <laughs>
So yeah, this is uh, this is some metaphor David used, which is pretty interesting. But well, I mean, to be honest, like putting nice food oil is, is is nice. It does smell nice. It makes it soft. We don't really use oil these days, but back then they would they would use oil as something that's quite soothing, uh, particularly when it's dry and sweet smelling. So the idea of being having oil poured on you was actually like a blessing that would happen when you enter a home, and especially with precious, costly oil. So it's this special. Um, yeah, experience, which is which is a great blessing that David's um, describing. But as you can see in the verse, David's actually thinking about a particular moment. He's not just thinking about any bearded guy. He's thinking about Aaron and the moment when Aaron, the high priest, is anointed, which is in Exodus when God set up his tabernacle so he can dwell with his people, and he set up Aaron as a priest. And there's this big um, all these sacrifices and procedure that goes through with Aaron's clothes and sacrifices, and then he's anointed with oil. And it's this holy moment when God's high priest is set apart as holy and representing God to the people and uh, and actually as helping facilitate God God living with this people of Israel. God's desire to live with them. So unity is actually holy. When David's thinking about all the pilgrims gathering at Jerusalem and how, how good he is, his mind goes to this most holy moment when Aaron is anointed with oil. And it's this picture of, of um, yeah, this, this blessing, this soothing, but also this holiness. Which means that community is not just, um, being, being united as God's people is not just in, an enjoyable thing. It, it's enjoyable, like David says, it's good, it's, it's pleasant. But it's not just that, it's actually for a purpose. We're actually set apart for a purpose, and it's a holy purpose. It's actually that we're to be a community where God dwells in our midst. And to actually host his presence. The New Testament talks about the church as God's temple. So there's a holy purpose to being united as God's people. Not only that, um, but the oil in the Bible can represent God's presence. So this idea of being anointed with oil, oil poured out, can represent God's presence. And, and the goal is that as a church family, we're united people where God's presence is at work in our midst and our church. And it's not only that, because Israel was this, to be this holy nation, but not just for themselves and God, even, but then for the sake of the world. They were to be a light to the nations. And in a similar way, we see that our unity is holy that it's for God, but it's also as a witness to the world. Jesus' high priestly prayer, think about Aaron as high priest, and Jesus as high priest, he prays for unity, for the sake of intimacy with God and a witness to the world. He says it this way, I pray that they, people who will believe, will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. So unity is holy in the sense of God dwells with us, but it also has a holy purpose of being a witness to the world, that if the world sees believers united in love, they'll actually recognize us as ones who believe in Jesus and they'll recognize Jesus. Which is pretty amazing to think, like, when we're growing together as a church, what does it look like to think, well, this is not just so that we can get along and we can have a nice time and we can have a nice church. It's actually for God and His purpose for to have a people. It's actually for the world so that they would see who Jesus is. There's a higher purpose, like Aaron being anointed as high priest. So unity is good, unity is holy. 
David gives another picture. I don't know if this is what you would think about for unity either. A great church community. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. So basically, David says, great community is like mountain dew, which I have some. So, so mountain dew. So the dew of Mount Hermon falling on Mount Zion in Cain's form. We're working hard there. Anybody else want some mountain dew? Yes. So this is another picture, a bit of a strange picture that David picks, but he, he's thinking again about Mount Hermon, which is this really high mountain. So it's a really dewy mountain. People would maybe wake up there and they'll just be just wetness around on them. On, and then maybe they're sitting on the ground on their, on their things, on their tent. Um, and it's this picture of a new morning and, and freshness and life and expectancy and and growth that, that water and dew brings. And it, what David's saying is that, that all that dew and that expectancy and freshness that's normally up in the high mountain, it's here in Jerusalem, which is more of a dry place. But it's like as if that dew, that really saturated wet freshness is right here where God's dwelling place is, because we're united around God. And it's this, this beautiful picture that unity is also refreshing. There's a freshness and expectancy that comes Nice, like that, exactly. <laughs> 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 like a cool candy mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Advertising warrior <laughs> mountain dew. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and um, a freshness that comes when when we're united and actually have an expectancy that God's at work in our midst, that God's doing new things and fresh things in our midst. That there's this uh, uh, freshness, like this freshness to sort of feel new and, and be expectant, like morning dew is a freshness of a new day. And there's a sense of when we can be united as a community and we're aware that God's at work and He should be doing things that we don't expect and, and new things, isn't it? It's, it's such a refreshing thing to be a part of a community like that. I think that's how it would have felt in Acts when, when they had gathered again for a feast of, of Pentecost in Jerusalem. And they're united together after Jesus' resurrection. And and praying and waiting and the Holy Spirit comes and then God is just moving powerfully in this community. Um, these, these verses that we reference a lot, all believers were together, they had everything in common, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And that would be such an amazing time to have been in the church where there's just so much expectancy. That God is working. God is doing this. Who's going to be saved today? Someone, there's going to be like a hundred more people today. Like, and there's this freshness of every new day God is working and doing things, which is be such an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, it's so great, though, even at the moment in our church. Um, we had a staff meeting uh, a few weeks ago, we just spent some time in the staff meeting just asked the question, well, what, what do we sense God's doing? Like, what's, what's God doing in our church? We don't just want to think about all the stuff we can do. We want to say, well, what's God doing? And how do we sort of get on board with that? And I, I, I can't remember all the details of the conversation, but kind of what we came out with was, he's doing something. <laughs> and, and we're not exactly sure what. Um, but, but there's actually been a lot of change in our community recently, but there's real evidence of, of God working. Particularly, have seen that I think with Emily coming on 
staff and Mrs. the answer to prayer and provision that happened there at the center and Susan joining team as well which has been so awesome and just the sense of God God is working and God is preparing us and, and God's doing things particularly even with some of the testimonies that we've had recently and just people sharing God's work in their individual hearts and lives and just be so awesome to be even more of a community where, where we're constantly thinking what's God doing and saying to us together and, and how's God working in each and every person because there's this freshness and there's new things that, that he's doing and to be a part of a community where that's the emphasis be so, so refreshing. We're not having to figure it all out by ourselves, but the focus is actually on his leading and his provision. And, and maybe even like the, like David's saying, there's this dewy mountain, but it's coming here in the dry place. Maybe but God's even doing refreshing things in, in dry places and, and new things where we might not expect. So David uses those pictures, oily beards and dewy mountains, <laughs> to be united God's people. Then he finishes this psalm, the last bit of the last verse, with a profound statement. He says, For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. David sees God's people David sees God's people united in Jerusalem, and he exclaims in this psalm, right, unity is good, unity is holy, unity is refreshing. But he goes even further than that and says unity is eternal. He actually goes on to say this is what life is about. And this is actually what eternal life is about. That the, the teaching of the Bible is that life ultimately is about loving God and being in a loving relationship with God and being in a loving relationship with other people. And that's, that's life. <laughs> that's what we're made for. And I think when we have an experience of, of being together as God's people, with him at the centre and us growing together, that's actually life, and that's the life that will last forever. Jesus' death and resurrection breaks down dividing walls and unites people, and the future vision of heaven will be like, like when we come to church, it's like a taste. It's like we were just singing and praising Jesus, and we're a diverse people united, but in heaven there will be even greater diversity of people united singing, praising Jesus. And this is the eternal life we sort of start to enter into now. Revelation 7 says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every tribe, nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne, and before... Sorry, Bill Maynard. Oops, that was going to say. Before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. So imagine that's what heaven is going to be like. This incredibly diverse community where all the dividing walls are broken down, where Jesus is at the center and exalted, and we're together forever. Effectively, heaven will be an awesome party that goes forever. We'll be in such great communal relationship with God and each other that we would never, ever want it to end. And it won't. Just so awesome. David goes that far. That when we're experiencing that, we're having a taste of heaven, effectively. Our vision statement as a church is to see the kingdom of God realized by being a growing family of devoted followers of Jesus who love him wholeheartedly and live as his people in the world. So the, the vision is that we would be a people that realize the kingdom, that we see the kingdom of God work in our midst, People can look at us and see the kingdom of God in our midst. And the way that we do that 
is by being a family, by being united in our pursuit of Jesus, in our love for God, in the way we represent Him in our lives and our work, and by being united around Him and actually growing together, that's actually how we realize the kingdom. The kingdom is revealed through family. That's God's plan all along. He picked Abraham a family. And he works through Abraham, picks Jesus, and then Jesus brings the Spirit and the church reveals God to the world. So as we're united as a, as a church, again, we're not just doing it so that we can enjoy it. We're actually seeking to experience and reveal the kingdom of God in our midst. So this psalm is, is such a great psalm. It's such a beautiful description of community when, when some of these metaphors make a bit more sense. But there's one um, other sort of thing that you might have noticed, some sort of repetition that comes through with this. I'll just read it again. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in you. It's precious oil, like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of heaven were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You might see that it's just repeated, running down. It's running down on Aaron's beard. It's down on the collar of his robe. It's falling on Mount Zion. I think there's a, there's a picture here that it comes from above. The oil comes from above. The dew comes from above. The blessing of unity comes from above. The only way we can do this is because Jesus came from above and he came down. He gave himself that we can be united. And when we experience that, that uh, the blessing of being united as a church family, it's a gift from him by his spirit that we can give thanks for. And as we seek to grow more and more, it's as we look above and as we're all looking up to him, we're united together. And as we seek more of him, to unite us, we unite together. As he's the focus and what's above is important, we actually grow together. So we want to grow more and more like that. And coming away like this is a great way to, to sort of have an injection of that. And the goal is that then we carry this on and continue to grow together more and more and, and, and have rhythms and, and ways that we can live together in unity and love. I think it's so important and something we can do is, is to continue to give thanks for our church family and, and to seek more unity and more of God's movement and God's leading in us together as well. So as we finish, um, we're going to sing again in a moment. But just before we do that, I thought we'd just have a short time of prayer just for some people around you. Um, so if you just get in a, in a small group and just spend some time giving thanks for this weekend, giving thanks for each other, for, the, for this experience that we've had. And let's look above and ask for more and more unity and more and more God's work and purpose in our church family in the coming weeks and months and years. So yeah, we can just gather, gather with a couple of um, 